Welcome to Lending Forward, a podcast where we're lending every bit of what we know to our listeners. From real conversations and lessons learned deep within the industry to education and forward thinking. Together, we're Lending Forward. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our channels and connect with us on www.AtlanticBay.com. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS number 72043, NMLSConsumerAccess.org is an equal opportunity lender. Located at 600 Lynn Haven Parkway, Suite 203, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23452. Great to see you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to visit. I'm looking. Oh, thank you so much for coming. So, I mean, you have over 300 podcast episodes yourself. So, for you being on here today is exciting. That's oh, fun. I love it's love. It's, I love being on the other side of the microphone. Isn't it funny? It's kind of different. It's it's a muscle that you're not always flexing because you're typically either the coach or uh, yep. the journalistic type. So you're the one that's used to yeah. asking the question. So it is fun to be on the receiving end. Yes. It is good. It's, what is interesting, podcasting has gotten me more audience than being on national television. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Yeah. So I, get, I have a broader audience that's relevant to who I am as a result of podcasting. It is interesting. Yeah. Well, let's dive into you a little bit. And so for listeners who might not know you very well, tell us more about you, how you got into this industry and what's kept you such a vital piece. Well, uh, first of all, the vital part comes from just having a huge compassion and desire to help people. I love helping people. And I don't think you can do more than help someone get into a home. And they go, well, yeah, but that doesn't help someone out of drugs. No, it doesn't help someone out of a divorce. It doesn't help someone going through a rough spot in their lives. But something about home ownership, about, you know, I say the home ownership is the fourth most transformative thing that can happen in your life. First of all, if you're a person of faith, finding your faith is the most important. The second thing I think is getting married to your life partner that you you just can thoroughly enjoy. The third thing is watching one of your children be born. I'll tell you, I've watched some really messed up, immature guys get married, have a child, and then buy a home and their lives are transformed. And they're transformed because all of a sudden they have to grow up. They realize I have this responsibility, assuming they're not a you know, not, not struggling with other issues and kind of flaking out still. But yeah, I think that's why I love home ownership. But how I got into this is when I was in college, I did not go to school. I grew up in a small community in Minnesota. I made the dean's list in my first semester. I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. And then I went after the social aspects of school and I wanted to learn how to interact with people. My people was, I, I had the unofficial major of sociology. I wanted to know socially how I could interact, how to work, because I grew up in a small town. The same group of kids that started in kindergarten was the same group of kids I graduated with in high school. We knew everything about each other, but I didn't know about the rest of the world. My graduating class was 42, so it was not the biggest group of kids. And when you grow up in a small community, you want to know what is it like on the outside world? And so when I went to college, I made the dean's list one semester, and then I focused on what I really wanted to focus on, and that is people. I had a real passion. Now, that led to a couple of things that are real interesting, and uh, that one of which was I uh, ended up enjoying the social aspects of college, which is the party side of it. And when I graduated from college, my dad pulled me aside and he says, son, what are you going to do? You're a music major. And he says, you're all right at musician. You've had a band and you've done all these fun things, but you're not good enough to make a living at it. And that was that reality check that really hit me, Taylor. And I said, well, what would you recommend? He says, until you figure it out, why don't you go to work for a bank? At least you'll learn how to balance your checking account. You struggled with that in college a bit. (laughs) So it was a funny way to get me directed. And then 
through a number of circumstances within the bank. They put me in a manager training program. I got hired because I was president of the student body. The president of the bank says, I'm tired of hiring business managers. I want to hire leaders. I want to find people that have found a way to get along and connect with people. This is a relationship-driven business. I didn't know it then, but how important my unofficial education of seeking how to get along with people, how to meet with people, how to interact with people was so relevant to the mortgage industry. So I found my way to the mortgage department. The first, uh, I was so underdeveloped. I, I don't think I started shaving until I was started working. I was a late bloomer to put it mildly. So here's this young kid that looks like he's just barely out of high school, now graduated from college, now taking mortgage application. I couldn't get a realtor to take me serious for my life. So what I did is I started asking for all the turndowns. And it's a great place to start because you can really refine your game. I'll never forget the first loan I did had been turned down three times by other uh, mortgage lenders or banks. I took them on and I got them approved. We got it done right. We found the right way to go about it. And we got them into a home. They are still wow. friends of mine to this day. And that was 48 wow. years ago. Wow. So I think when you have this kind of impact on people's life, it does... If you're doing it for that reason, I mean, you can make great money. If you're doing it for the money, it's not going to last. If you're doing it to help make a difference in other people's lives, it will make a huge difference and it'll stick. Wow. So fast forward to today. Did you ever think that you'd be here doing this with me? Never in a million years would I ever thought that my I would go into consulting, that I would go into podcasting. No, I never had never envisioned this part of it, but I'm so grateful I found my way here. I enjoy being with you. I enjoy your energy. I enjoy working with Atlantic Bay. I'm proud to be wearing my Atlantic Bay shirt today as we I do love this it. interview. And I'm really blessed. I've Emily reached out to me, Emily Farley, who runs production for the company, reached out to me and, and actually got on my podcast. Then I met her and she called me after that and said, would you be willing to coach me? And I go, I'm pretty booked up, but based on this interview, I absolutely love to coach you. So that's how that all started. What a good story. And now here we are. I want to know more about the consulting and the coaching. So Obviously, it's so important to have a mentor, a coach, someone to look to, to bounce ideas off of, someone from an accountability side. So they all kind of go hand in hand. Tell us where you've kind of looked from that platform. Where do you go? Where does the coach go to learn bounce That's ideas great. off of? First of all, I love podcasts and audiobooks. So I just consume them and so I'm a voracious listener. See, I have dyslexia and it's a very common thing. And there's a book I recommend anyone who has struggled with reading is to read the book, The Gift of Dyslexia. And it is a book that teaches how your brain is wired. Many executives, many CEOs are dyslexic because they see in pictures the way we process our images. So I don't like reading. And so I was asked to speak at a conference on a compliance topic. And I was going, gosh, there's got to be something I can listen to because my audio retention is so much better than my reading skills, uh, reading retention. So I searched and searched and searched. And I said, someone ought to start a podcast on the operational sides of the business so we can teach this. And then I heard this little voice go, no one's doing it. Why don't you do it? And I go, I will. So I called a bunch of my friends together, Alice Alvey being on the compliance side, dear, dear friend. We have been doing this now for 14 years. We're one of Dave Savage of Mortgage Coach and myself. We started, we didn't know each other back then. We started doing this at the same time, 14 years ago, a long time. Wow. So any stories are top of mind for you. Anything that you can reflect on over these 14 years that you've been doing this that was like an aha moment or a story that just needs to be told? Oh, there's there's so many stories. If anyone who knows me, they go, oh, don't encourage them to start telling stories. <laughs> I think the importance of a story, Taylor, is that it can transfer knowledge in a way that nothing else can. I can tell you and run through all these points 
that go on there that are important that where we're trying to transfer a knowledge, or I can tell you a story that embodies those points. So you're asking me to tell stories. There are so many stories, but I think it is the influence you can have in someone's life. There was a guy by name, and this is a competitor of yours. And so it's a guy by name of Casey Crawford Googled how to start a mortgage company. He's an NFL football player. He had not been a mortgage. He had watched his sister go through a horrible mortgage lending experience. And he says, someone ought to get in this business and do it right. Atlantic Bay does it really right. You guys, I'm so impressed with your company. Movement does it really well. So anyway, Casey Googled me, says, how to start a mortgage company? Can you help me? I had a walk-on video where we used to use a flash video. I walked out on the screen. I said, if you're thinking about starting a mortgage company, you need to think of these things. I've owned three of them and I can help you do it. I'll help you through this journey. That started a lifelong friendship mentorship. And I still work with Casey. I still serve as an advisor to Casey. And you look at that company and how it's growing, but it's based on the same values that Atlantic Bay is based on. So I love those stories because of the influence. Now I can tell you about the times where Casey was ready to throw in the towel. He was really frustrated. He had not started making the kind of money he's doing. He wasn't having the success. And I think this is the importance of mentor. He was ready to throw in the towel. And I felt like the doctor that said, take three aspirin, go home and call me in two weeks. Let's see how you're doing. Because I said, you're so close. I could see all that he'd gone through, but he's so close to victory. And he had not gotten there quite yet. I said, I'm serious about this. I jokingly said, take three aspirin, call me in, in a month or two. His wife, Michelle, was really on his case because they had pumped out a lot of cash into this thing, losing money. Didn't look like there was any way it was going to succeed. And I encouraged him to hang in there, make a couple adjustments and hang in there. And it turned around. He says that was one of the most notable moments. There's other times where where I get my knowledge is not necessarily, you know, I think I store a lot of knowledge in my heart. I think then in your mind, your mind stores knowledge, but your heart stores knowledge. You know, your muscles, I just came out of the gym just before we did this workout. I'm doing a workout just before we did this interview and we have muscle memory. Your body has muscle memory or memory. We store memory of events, things that go on. And our lives are a sum total of all those experiences. So when I get on, like with Emily, she'll ask me a question and I don't have to prepare for it. What I do is I draw on all the experiences I've had over the last 38 years. And I bring that forward. And I think it's the ability, who is successful in consulting and coaching is someone who has the ability to draw out from with their inner being relevant information and sharing it in a manner that can be received by the recipient and that's who's needing it. So it's that transfer knowledge. There's a lot of people that have knowledge, but they don't have the ability to transfer that knowledge, Taylor. And I think that's the key when you're working with, and I think this is, should be celebrated and, and studied by everybody that is a manager, executive, or working at a loan officer, because we have knowledge about loan programs, but if we don't learn how to transfer that knowledge, we're going to struggle. And I think it's the importance of the transfer of that knowledge. I love that. I think, and it's when you get into that coaching and strategizing mindset, it's not a one size fits all, right? It's everybody's got different qualms. They've got different just solutions needed and prescriptions needed, right? So how do you kind of, I know you said you pull from the heart and your experience, but mm-hmm. I mean, is one of your favorite things doing like real-time strategizing? And is that, oh, that kind it. of yeah. how you, yeah. I, it's almost like throw me something I can't help you with. Just try, just try throwing me something. I love that challenge. But I think what it really comes from is you've got to understand the person. You got to understand, this goes back to the transferring knowledge. I have the knowledge. I've had all these experience. I've owned three mortgage banking companies. I've owned three consulting firms. I owned a software company that went public. I've done all these things. 
But if I don't know how to transfer that, so it really starts with knowing who you're talking to. When you meet you, Taylor, you are a sanguine, outgoing, bubbly, talkative person. But there's three other personality types. The the cleric, that's the command and control, the general type. There's the phlegmatic, that's the accountant type, more the analyst. Then there's the melancholic type person. Now, we use all the personality assessments that are out there in Ugram. If you look at Myers-Briggs, if you look at DISC assessment, They're all based on what Hippocrates came out with is called the four humors. It's important that we understand as we're listening to someone, we all do this subconsciously. When I met you, I'm going, oh, what a delightful, sanguine personality. Now, I've studied that, so most people don't have that language, but I automatically started adjusting my language to interact successfully with you, Taylor. I do the same thing. I adjust my language and my delivery and the way I communicate when I'm working with Emily or any of the the other people that I coach and consult to. And I think that's the most important part is who are you speaking to and are we speaking to them in their language? There's this love language as we've all heard about it. We talked about this when we first talked. The importance of understanding how we, are you a hugger? Are you a, a someone who needs edification and being built up? Are you someone who prefers things a bullet format? That's the choleric type thing. So it's knowing who you're talking to, whether it be in sales, working with a borrower, how to communicate with them. That is really the key to what has been my success is understanding the personality and making being willing to make the adjustments. Most of us perceive what the other person is, but we're stuck in who we are. And so we're always talking to the other person from where we are rather than to whom we're speaking and make those adjustments. Wow. That's a lot to unpack right there. And I think it's so true. You as the chameleon have to kind of understand who you're talking to. And much like sales managers, regional managers, they have a team, right? So you're coaching leadership. What are some of the things that maybe someone who wants that leadership track and they're interested in pursuing that? What are some of the tips that you're coaching them to make sure that they're fulfilling that growth and it's being fruitful? Well, first of all, I think we all have a purpose or a passion. I always get to someone's purpose by saying, what are you passionate about? You're passionate about communication. You're really good at it. And so we immediately started connecting and communicating around your passion to communicate the Atlantic Bay message. And again, you're doing it very effectively. When I work with Emily, her passion is to be a great coach to her regional managers and help them in part, being a great coach out to their branch managers and who in turn go out to be a great coach. So we're coaching coaches in in each of those situations. It really comes down to finding out what are you about? I cannot stress this enough. Well, that's not relevant. I'm, I'm about making money. No, that's what, that's a result of what you're about. I mean, people tell me, I want to make great money. I want to do this. Nothing wrong with making money. Dear God, I mean, we all want to make money. It's important. But but it's what is the the thing by me, what means. So I love Simon Sinek. One of the things he talks about understanding your why. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we struggle with having the language because it comes from the limbic side of the brain. We do not understand how to articulate that because the particular part that where our passions exist often has no language. And that's why many of us struggle. That's why having a coach who will draw that out, will bring that out and present that to you. And I said, what I hear when I experience you, Taylor, is this really bubbly, really desired, a person who has a strong desire to connect with people and, and communicate a message. And in this case, you're communicating the Atlantic Bay message. Well, when I hear that, then everything I'm going to construct, everything around my coaching, would, be, if I was coaching you, would be around your passion, around that purpose, around how can you do that better? 
So I'll need to go to someone else and who's as a, as polar opposite to that, who's more reserved, more quiet, or take an underwriting manager, more of an analytical or a, a CPA, an accountant type. You have to totally get around their passion about making sure the numbers are accurate, about accuracy and making sure that we that they're drawing out and what they're presenting is factual. It is well thought out. You have to approach them completely different. So when we learn that in sales, when we learn that as managers, when we learn that as just human beings, it can make such a powerful difference. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Let's talk about you for a minute. What's next for you? Let's lend forward what you're passionate about that's next. Uh, you know, that's a great question. I'm 71 years old, turning 72 here in August. And I go, what are you still working? So many of my friends are retired. The ones that retired really early are dead. They start mm-hmm. playing golf. And I think you've got to have a purpose. The oldest guy I coach today is 98 years old. Oh, wow. And he still has such a zest for life. He's starting new businesses. It's what keeps him alive. So I'm not a fan of retirement. I think it's great to retire for a period until you find out your next mission on what you want to go after. Jack Nunnery, who used to be president of Texas Capital Bank, is a dear friend, also is coaching and also on my podcast, co-hosting my podcast with me. And he's starting a second career. He's done so well in what he's doing. So I believe that it's really important to, again, reinvent yourself. And I'm now at 71, reinventing myself. Again, I've been doing coaching and consulting for the last 20 years since I was 50. And so 21, 22 years now. And I think it is so important to continue to find ways to give back. So what I'm about is giving back to an industry that is really wanting change. So the name of my company is Transformational Mortgage Solutions. What I'm about is transforming businesses. And I'd say that by transforming a business, one person, one process at a time. I love that. Where can one find you if need your services, which everybody should? (laughs) Well, I I point everyone to LinkedIn. I think it's a great way to go. I think LinkedIn, we do have our website, Transformational Mortgage Solutions. I'm in the process of redoing it. I really don't like our website. It's terrible. So we're redoing that. And I'm focusing mostly on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn would be David Licken, L-Y-K-K-E-N. It's a Norwegian name. It means good luck or good fortune. L-Y-K-K-E is good luck or good fortune in Norwegian. That is just a little background. So it's Licken, not Lichen. And but a lot of people... People mispronounce it, but anyway, that's where you can find me. LinkedIn. Well, there you, you know, have Facebook it. Facebook see my family and all of that. But I think for the business world, LinkedIn is the most effective way to do so. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate your time today, David, and thank you for all of this knowledge and more to come. Well, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better, Taylor. Wish you well. You're doing an awesome job with your podcast. Keep it up. I thank love to you. see the next generation coming up and in this industry and making a difference. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Lending Forward podcast powered by Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group. Don't forget to tune in next week and make sure you subscribe to our channel. Remember, we all play a part in lending forward. So go lend something forward today.